You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast produced by Veteran Strategies and featuring conversations with fascinating and impactful men and women who have shaped our world, our communities, and our history. My name is Robert Vane, Principal of Veteran Strategies, and your host for our discussion. You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. You may find all your sales and rental equipment needs at McAllister.com. We are pleased to announce our podcast is a member of the All Indiana Podcast Network in partnership with Wish TV. You may find leaders and legends at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. Thinking of starting a podcast or need to host a public meeting? Let Leaders and Legends LLC be your partner as you look for new ways to communicate your message. Please contact Chris Spangle and me at leadersandlegends.net. I thought I'd have to choose between an IT degree and certifications until I found WGU. There I earned both through one program. WGU prepared me to earn certs from CompTIA and others at no extra cost. WGU IT bachelor's and master's degrees have no set class times. Rather, students progress at their pace, completing as many courses as they can each six-month term. I graduated faster, and you could too. Learn more at WGU.edu. Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. That's pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. Thank you for joining us on the Leaders and Legends podcast. We have something quite different today, but one I've been looking forward to for a long time because I'm a huge fan, not only of the genre um, in total, but but this this couple and what they do. Our guests are Asia and BJ. Hey, and how are you all doing? Hey, we doing good. I was trying to I didn't know. I didn't know if you was doing the introduction. Well, yeah. what I wanted to say is, is that Asia and BJ, besides being one of the best looking couples you'll ever see, uh, thank you, have a YouTube channel, and they're on their YouTube channel. They are one of a growing group of people who react to music they ostensibly have never heard before. There are several people out there, aka Jamel Jamal. Um, I think it's Lost in Vegas. I think is an, another one. There's there's several, uh, but I reached out to Asia and BJ because I just enjoyed how they interact with each other and how much fun they have. Uh, they're based out of Dallas, Texas, so we're going to spend the next hour talking about music and why they decided to launch their channel. It's extraordinarily popular. They have 181,000 subscribers on YouTube. 
of which I'm one of them. So all you have to do is type in Asia and BJ and you will see them and you'll see what they do. Uh, they, they listen mostly, I would say to, to rock and roll music or kind of rock pop music, but they throw a, uh, a little curveball every once in a while. So Asia and BJ, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's a real treat for me. Yes. Thank you. We're honored, honored to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate it. So very quickly, how did you come up with the idea to do this? <clears throat> to start, I, I, I kind of got to turn that one over to Asia. My answer are, are two different answers. Yeah, I got I got <laughs> I, I got to turn that one over to Asia because she really was the one that kind of came up with the idea. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's YouTube's been something like has been tossed around kind of here and there for a, a like a, a long time actually since I can remember YouTube even being a thing and. Um, you know, initially when we actually started the channel, it was, it was something that I felt like just really was, um, like I was just, if I'm being honest, just in a really kind of in a, in a dark headspace a little bit. And we were going through a lot of things financially, um, here, here at home. And, um, it was just something really to just start and kind of get, you know, just something to keep my mind occupied because I was here working, you know, I was working and then I would be home with the kids. DJ was working two jobs. So I was barely seeing him at the time. Like it was, it was a really, really stringent time when our and just, I'd say strain really on just the whole family <laughs> household in general. We were, we were really going through a tough time and, and um, starting YouTube, I know just to add on to everything else that we had on, um, for me, I'd say even though we were going through all of that, I still was going through, you know, I, I do struggle with um, anxiety and, and depression, um, you know, just as a as a mental illness of, of my own. So starting YouTube was definitely something that um, helped me kind of just change my mindset. It kept me occupied. It gave me something to think about, something to look forward to, um, especially when, you know, I was up at night, you know, not being able to sleep, just something to kind of just keep me from going into all these different places. So really it was just kind of a, an, you know, more so to occupy, um, occupy my time. And, and when we started out initially, it was, and it was fun. It was, it was so fun to record, so fun for us to make videos and content and put stuff together more so than anything. I was just like, Ooh, I, I get to learn how to use the edit. <laughs> Did music, uh leaving the channel aside for a second, did music itself help put you in a better place? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've always been um, into music. In fact, like when we started the channel, we weren't even doing anything to do with, with music. Um, someone from like UK had reached out to me and, and we had actually been conversing before we even started getting into the, the musical realm of doing like the reactions. And she's like, Hey, why don't you, why don't y'all like try to do like music reactions to UK music? And, and I remember telling BJ that, and I was like, I don't know what, I don't even really know what reactors, you know, what they do, what reaction channels really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and she made that suggestion and she's like, hey, try these. She gave me a couple artists. We pulled them up and we kind of just, we kind of started, you know, dibbling and dabbling with UK rap. Uh, um, and it was really entertaining just to hear different accents, the, the lyricisms and stuff like that. And I think it kind of stuck with us. It was something, you know, we both 
mutually enjoyed. I mean, when I met BJ, he was really into music and um, kind of doing his little rap career, if you will. And <laughs> I've always mm-hmm. loved to sing. So, um, you know, I, I've gotten into writing music. I even have produced and uh, put out a couple albums of my own. But yeah, music has always been a sanctuary for me. Like it's, it's always been something. If it wasn't music, it's been like po- poetry, uh, writing poems. And I, I find myself doing that a lot as a kid. So <laughs> it was just a natural uh, natural progression for us to do it that way. And I'm, I'm so happy that we did that. Has there been a an awakening in a sense that, you know, all these years I didn't know about this music, but now that I've gotten into it, whether it's, you know, country or some of the like earlier, you know, 50s, 60s pop that you've done. It's like, wow, you know, I, I wish I'd been listening to this a lot sooner. Oh, you know, my God. You know, Robert, like I, I say that all the time because, you know, you know, some of the music that, that we do, some of the songs that we've done, you know, we might have like heard bits and pieces of it, mm-hmm. maybe parts of the chorus. And, and it's like, you know, when you have an opportunity to actually sit down and hear the song in its entirety, right. not just hear the song, but like like really be able to understand the song for what it is yeah. and understand the message that's in it. You know, I definitely do that a lot. Like, you know, I, I definitely take find myself saying like, why, why didn't I listen to Led Zeppelin <laughs> 10 years ago? Not a long time ago, Pink Floyd. Why wasn't I listening to it in high school? You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man. Uh, how many times have we done that? Like yeah. listening to reactions. It's like, what? This is a jam, you know? Yeah. As, as I said before we started the podcast, I, I, I was not allowed to control any music while I was in the Army because my roommates uh, were part of the Keith Sweat Forever fan club. And I, sweat, I and I used to try to be like, no, listen to this, like, listen to Led Zeppelin. Like it's, it's really just the blues, like just heavier. And, you know, I didn't, I never had any luck. What music did you, did you two grow up on? And when we were emailing back and forth before setting this interview, I was saying that most of the music that you listen to and react to, not all of it, but I would say 75% or more is the music that I grew up with uh, in the seventies and eighties. But do you kind of remember the first songs that, that turned you on as when you were kids or teenagers? Oh, that's a good question for BJ. Oh, what, what, what songs, what turned us on in regards, like turned us on to music? Just when you were kids, like, the, you know, like one of your reactions, uh, which is one of my favorites is smoke on the water by deep purple. Deep Purple. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the first song I can remember as a five or six year old kid, because my sister was 10 years younger, excuse me, 10 years older than me. And she had the eight track. And so smoke on the water is like the first song that I can remember really young thinking is, was such a great song. So when you were really young, which sort of music did you think was terrific? Oh, me, I I would say Ashford and Simpson. Really? Like a rock? <laughs> uh Ashford and Simpson, they're they're like a they're like a duet. They they're they're like a married couple uh that, that do like you know 70s, 80s R&B. I, yeah, I think solid, was, solid yeah. as a rock or solid, solid like as a rock. a rock. There you go. I, I think I think that probably was like one of the first songs in my you know my adolescent memory that that just really like even like now today when I hear it, it just takes me to takes me back to like a certain certain time being like, you know, six, seven, eight years old and knowing where I was at when I heard that song, you know, and, and it, it definitely was was one of those songs, like I said, that just 
I still remember to the, remember it to this day because, like I said, it's just it's just that profound in my memory. Um, any other songs? I probably like <laughs> probably like Rick James. Um, Temptations. I think yeah. OJ's. Yeah. My mom listened to the OJ's a lot. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I, I would say like uh, Commodores, but I w- I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure because I don't know if. The, I know for a fact Temptations and I know for a fact OJ's were two of my mom's go to, um, especially like Shaka Khan. She was more into like the softer jazz type music. So Shaka Khan, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Whitney Houston, Anita Baker. She was into that stuff. Uh, Anita Baker has the most underrated voice. Oh, my gosh. She- Her voice. It's just absolutely perfect. Love her Anita, voice. I know. And Anita Baker, yeah, because Anita Baker kind of came out around like Patty LaBelle. Um, you know, a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So she might have gotten overshadowed by like Patty LaBelle, Gladys Knight. Well, I think the, the the Whitney Houston phenomenon really sucked the oxygen out of a lot of folks' career. Whitney and yeah, that's Whitney fair. Too. Yeah. Whitney too. You know, that's I never fair. thought about that's fair. that. Yeah. When when you decided to create a channel um do you remember the first three or four songs that you that you reacted to because you literally reacted to hundreds of songs the first song that we've ever reacted to oh. it would have been a uk um rap song uh it probably would have been wretch 32 or it it, it it was an old uk rap song now, if, now, now, if I now if I go back to to think of like maybe like the first U, like U.S. song that we did, mm-hmm. um, it was NF. Yeah, it was it was it's a rap artist. His name is uh, NF. Yeah, it was NF. He, he's like he, first... he's like a Christian rap artist. Yeah, right. So he probably would would have been the first NF. Can you think of any group, any song that surprised you? Oh, Van Halen, um, Jump, I think was the one that the solo where he did the um, the solo guitar, the whole, uh, like the whole. Oh, from Live Without a Net, the 18 minute eruption. Oh, it was the solo. Jump. It was, yeah, it was Eruption. The the solo that he did there. And, Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Um, gosh, there's one more. There's one more. that. Somebody that just completely, just totally blew me away. Probably, I would say ACDC, like Thunderstruck. Stevie Ray Bond. That did something to me when I first saw uh, ACDC Thunderstruck and and actually saw it live. And I think what you guys do a good job of reviewing live um, performances. So let's let's take one uh, because I'm a huge fan. And that's Stevie Ray Vaughan and his version of Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child. (laughs) Yes. That is such a phenomenal performance and it's, it's gotten reacted to, you know, by several folks on YouTube, but just, just what did you think of his style and how he played? Cause he was so, we're going to ask about Eddie Van Halen here in a second, but Stevie Ray Vaughan was so unique. Yeah, he was. Oh man. I, I feel like, because we, we did a, first, let me just say, we did a, we did a Jimi Hendrix live stream and everyone in the live stream kept saying, y'all need to check out Stevie Ray Vaughan, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I'm like, who the heck is Stevie Ray Vaughan? Mm-hmm. And I think we ended up doing, I don't, I don't think we did a whole live stream on Stevie Ray. 
we played a Stevie Ray Vaughan song in the Jimi Hendrix live. Mm -hmm. And when we played him, I mean, I, I felt like, like my breath was just taken away. I could not believe how, um, like amazing he was the passion, his finger, like how he was playing this guitar was just, just, it just, it just, it just went right over my head. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Well, he just like, he beats the living hell out of it. Oh my gosh. He does. And, right. And, and, and we actually did, um, you know, his, his cover to Voodoo Child. We actually put that out yesterday and he, yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, he, he's playing this old guitar, you know, it's probably, probably like his, his baby guitar, like, like his number one guitar, you know, and he the is SR, the SRV guitar. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say that the SRV. That's what he had on it. And when, when I tell you, it's like he's like one with, with with the guitar. Like you have a lot of um, you have a lot of people that can play the guitar and they play great. But but for somebody to be like one with the guitar is is like the guitar is like an extension of his soul right now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And oh, it's man. just it it's just I I I can't even tell you like the like the look on his face while he plays it when he plays it is just it, it's it's you can it's just like tell. nobody else. Yeah. You can just there, there was a joke when he was, you know, he died um, tragically in a plane crash mm-hmm. 25 or so, 28, maybe years ago. And there was always a joke when he was alive that there's a lot of people who can play like Stevie Ray Vaughan, just not for that long. I, just I, not I, that I long. That. I mean, yeah, he's... like a lot of people can bang around on the guitar and do a lot of the things that he did, but they just can't do it for as long as he can do it. And with such precision. I, I could I could probably say that that's probably the case just because you think like he's playing so fast like and he, and he has long sets too like those yeah, songs he, he played for a very long time and like you said for him to be able to just you know give his all into it like you know you obviously you know you, you see him profusely sweating when he playing it you see how his face like the has his face contorts is just like it, it's just everything to be able to watch Stevie Ray Vaughan perform like it, it's everything. The other the other famous quote about Stevie Ray Vaughan is actually, and I think I'm going to get this right. It's from B.B. King, who said to play the blues. You must be black twice. Ooh. Stevie Stevie missed on both counts, but I never noticed. Mm, I agree. I agree. I mean, I agree with B.B. King in regards to him saying that, you know, he never noticed because same thing with me. I, I, I've, I've never noticed either in regards mm-hmm. to whether he was white or black. Um, but the, mm-hmm. the way that he just goes about the music again, like I say, I just feel like he was born to play the guitar and, and, and to play the blues the way that he plays it. I mean, it, it's, it's just in him, you know, and, you know, it's a lot of like great, great quotes and things of that nature. You know, it, it has to be in you and not on you. And it's definitely in him. you know, the, you mentioned the other one I wanted to ask you, is um the eddie van halen one from live without a net because that's like 18 minutes long or whatever and he goes through and he plays you know all of his signature uh, solos uh, including eruption cathedral spanish fly and then he plays the intro to a song called mean streets and that's or mean street excuse me that's towards the end of the solo when he's tapping the um the fretboard with all of his fingers Oh, yeah. Oh, when he's using like all five fingers, I believe. Right, right. And what did you, I just remember the look on your faces and kind of your commentating 
was like, I just have never seen anything. I don't, I've never heard these sounds come out of a guitar before. Yeah. That is so, I mean, I, I think it's just like for, for us, or at least for me, I just feel like, you know, listening to guitar solos, particularly until we started kind of getting in and diving into like the rock genre in general, I don't feel like neither of us were really exposed the way that we have been now that we, because you catch these, like, you know, like we were saying Pink Floyd and, uh, you know, listening to some of these, these great artists, Joe Bonamassa is another great one that, that oh, yeah. I came across. And <clears throat> I think it's just like, it's just one of those things you get mesmerized and it, and it catches you off guard because it sounds so good. Like the vibration, you know, and I'm one like to, to feel music. I feel, you know, the sound of it is, is really kind of what pushes the emotion through people, you know? And I, and I feel like, you know, watching it is one thing and, and listening to it is a, is a whole different experience, but watching somebody with that much, that much talent, you know, that art and that craft to be able to make music sound like that. And, and, and you can literally see the emotion on their faces. It is, it just does something to me. And I, and I feel like that just, it just took me to a whole different place watching that. Um, and yeah. that was the first time everyone had told us, y'all haven't heard anything until you've heard, you know, Eddie Van Halen. And we were like, okay, okay. And it okay, took us sure. forever to get to it. Yeah. But I mean, I will never forget. I will never forget that watching him play on the stage like that. Yeah. he Yeah. He's just, he's one of the greatest ever to oh, do it. Oh my gosh. And and like I said, <laughs> when, when I tell you, like, we've never heard, I've never heard anybody play a guitar like that. You know, from from Jimi Hendrix to Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah. you know, you you got to you definitely got to put Eddie Van Halen like in in a category of 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 his own as far as like greatest of all time. Absolutely, just Absolutely. just by what he does with with the guitar itself, yeah. especially with with being able to see it on eruption for sure. Well, the interesting thing that one of the reasons that makes your reaction so terrific is what you just said in 2022 is exactly what people said in 1978 when the first album came out. Wow. Where you had, you know, the guitarist for Queen, the guitarist for The Who, uh, the guitarist for uh, Aerosmith and Journey, all saying, I have no idea what you're doing. The Eruption solo, which is about an, a minute and 42 seconds on Van Halen 1, a lot of famous people said later that they didn't even think it was a guitar. They thought it was a keyboard because his, <laughs> his style was so revolutionary. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You you can definitely hear it in, in the eruption for sure because yeah, it's it's not it's it's out of this world. Mm. It's, it's out of worldly. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm gonna send you an email when this is done and I'm, I may send a couple of links for songs that I would hope ask you to see if you would react to. <laughs> okay. uh, if if you don't mind. And uh, one of them is the live version of Mean Street. It's actually sung by uh a singer named Gary Sharon, but Van Halen toured in the late nineties. And it's a version of that song. I think you will absolutely love it. Uh, and you will see, he starts off with the multi-finger tapping technique at the beginning of the song that you saw during the uh, live without a net solo that you reviewed and reacted to. Okay. He's, he starts out like that. Uh, yes. He starts out like that. And, and that's, that's the Genesis of what you saw in the concert video what I'll send you is another concert video, but it's actually playing the song and you'll know it. You'll know it when you see it and listen to it. You'll be like, okay, I recognize that. Okay. 
You're listening to the Leaders and Legends podcast. We are talking to Asia and BJ. They are YouTube stars with 181,000 subscribers. And I would assume at this point, you got to be over a million views or pretty damn close because as I look at your videos, so many of your videos where you react to music have views in the tens and tens of thousands. That must make you feel good about what you're doing, how you're spending your time, that people are willing to, including me, um, you know, a middle-aged Catholic kid from Indianapolis, Indiana, who looks up your stuff. And I'm sure you have fans all over the world. What's that like when, when you hear, uh, when people comment and people reach out to you and say, you know, try this song and I really like this. And you did a good job on that one. Cause it's happening from around the world. Yeah. yeah it's, it's happening from around the world. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I, I would say, you know, first and foremost, it's definitely like a surreal type of feeling, like knowing that, you know, we have, you know, anywhere from tens to a hundred to a million people watching, you know, in a given day, um, you know, and, and, you know, just for people to want to hear us and, and to get our take on music, especially music that, you know, a lot of people have just, you know, including yourself, people that, you know, music that you've grown up on, you know, over, you know, the span of your life. And for us to kind of have an opportunity to experience it and for y'all to kind of simultaneously watch us as we watch the music at the same time, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very good feeling for me just because like, again, like I said, um, I just love the fact that people give us like great feedback, even, even sometimes, you know, it might be constructive criticism as well. You know, we take that as well, but I, I, I just enjoy the fact that, that people, you know, send us comments and, and tell us, that, you know, how much we brighten up their day, you know, how much we, you know, we put a smile on their face, um, you know, or even if it's a video or a song that, you know, that reminds them of someone that passed away or, you know, something that's real near and dear to their heart and something that they've shed tears over. And, you know, for us to like do those types of songs and give them, you know, and give the type of commentary that we do about the type of commentary that we do on those songs, you know, it just, it just really does a lot for me in regards to just feeling my heart. It's definitely fulfilling, you know, because, because now it almost, you know, you have so much more, you know, at least having so much more purpose and, and meaning to other people, just that, you know, people look to, uh, look to our videos and, and we get so many comments telling us, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Or, you know, I've, I've been, with, you know, certain things going on and, and it's, you know, it, it pulls my mm-hmm. energy out. And, but when I come here to, to get on and, and I go to y'all's channel, like it, it definitely makes me smile. It gives me something to look forward to. And I, I don't think that there's, you know, anything more fulfilling than, than having that type of purpose and, and feeling like you do mean something to a lot of people. Um, but everything that he said, I 1000% agree. Well, cause your comment about, you know, dealing with anxiety or being in a bad place. You know, a lot of us, when we, we feel down or we we're upset or whatever, and, you know, sometimes music can make you more upset. Right. Cause you're looking, you're, you know, that's me and my baby song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's you right. know, times where you uh, music kind of is like, you know what, I'm going to go on a long bike ride or go to the gym and I'm just going to listen to some upbeat music and try to put my mind in a different place. How do you decide? Because and please, people who are listening, uh, look up Asia and BJ on on YouTube. They have some of the most eclectic uh, songs that they've 
reacted to across all genres for sure. But how do you decide how to or which songs to react to? I, I imagine some of it's got to be uh, people's suggestions and sometimes you find it on your own. Yeah, it there's there's a mix from from both of us. A, a lot of the time, you know, people will reach out to us. Um, most times we tend to just scroll comments. We look, there's there's always one person that'll go to videos and be like, we do drop a whole list of videos. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. <laughs> you know, and I'll take a screenshot, you know. So when we go to, you know, start picking out video, you know, it is suggested to us. There's there's so many things and so many you know, artists, different types of music, di- different styles that we've still yet to listen to. Um, and and that's, the, you know, I guess, and that's obviously the, the greatest part of it, right, is that we're listening to things that we don't normally go to in our playlist. And that is what is most interesting and intriguing to me. So it is something, if it is something that, you know, people are sending or suggesting or, you know, emails, DMs, Facebook, there's, there's, we get them all day long. Yeah, there's there's so many multitude of like sources that we get yes. that we get music from. Even even like I said, like like she said, just going through the comments and just seeing what, what people say. You know, they might they'll tell us like Van Halen's, you know, one of their albums is one of their best ones, and mm-hmm. you know, might actually go look up the album mm-hmm. and you know, kind of go through the album and you know, a, a, a song name might hit us in a certain way, and we'll just hey, right, let's let's try this song. Yep. Or you know, things oh, of that that's nature. That's happened a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. happened many times. How did, and this is a particular, probably my favorite band of all time, I would guess. So I'm going to ask about them in particular. Hey. Led Zeppelin. Yes. When you started reviewing and reacting to their songs, what was your, what was the thought going through your mind? Because it's, it's, it's heavy, but it's, it's undeniably brilliant. They are they are very very brilliant. I, I I think Led Zeppelin was really kind of what opened up my eyes really to like listening more like honing in on those guitar solos that they are notorious for. Like they put them almost in every song that they have. They have these just immaculate sounding guitar solos through it throughout their songs. But um, I'm sorry. What was the question? I, I started going off about the guitar. <laughs> no, it was it was how you how you reacted to Led Zeppelin because you know that Led Zeppelin is kind of the you know the emblematic band, heavy metal, hard rock band of the '70s, yeah. and uh, you know uh, I used to have a roommate or two in the army who used to say we're not listening to any devil music, and they were talking about Led Zeppelin. And I was like, you know, if you just listen to it, you know, you'd really understand. Of course, you know, a lot of Zeppelin songs were based on blues songs from the 40s and 50s, even the 30s. Yeah, I, I was unsuccessful, but I just that band. It's so popular. It's so massive. And the sound is so unique, especially the drums because of John Bonham. I just was interested in, in how you how you reacted to it the very first time as you started to go through their catalog a bit. Trying to remember, like the very first time we we heard Led Zeppelin, like um, I, I'm probably kind of like like that too as well. I think like the first time I heard Led Zeppelin, like like I didn't know who like a lot of the members were, so it, it kind of took us a little bit of time just kind of trying to get up to speed in regards to who everybody was. Well, that, but like even even saying that, it's just like how did you? 
I can't remember. Like, like I'll give you a song because I was just listening to the song in the gym earlier today. And that is when the levee breaks with the drums and the harmonica and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even with that song too, um, when the levee breaks, like it just had, it just had a, like even that one, I think that's like one of my favorite ones. I'm glad that you brought that one up, but I don't know what really just made me gravitate towards it. Like the harmonica or was it really like the drums, but you know, as we kind of, you know, dove into Led Zeppelin, I really, really started seeing like, like, like the, the difference between Led Zeppelin's like drummer. Uh, I think you were saying Joe Bonham. Like, John Bonham. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like he, like he is really, really good. Like really, really, really good. Like just the way that <laughs> he makes it sound like the timekeeping that he keeps just, just mm-hmm. everything, just everything in regards to how he plays is, is just epic. And, you know, you know, and I, someone told me too. you know, like Led Zeppelin, they're, they're seeing it's like more like like the grandfathers of rock, kind of like right. the pioneers. Ooh, and, yeah. and and there's and like I said, their sound. I feel like a lot of people like, you know, bit off of their style, I guess you can say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed one of the thing you do is you you react to a lot of country music. Is that something that you grew up with or is that an acquired taste for you both? That's probably more me than anything is it, you know, because I, I feel like I gravitated to, to country more and it wasn't something that I actually was listening to before we started doing um, reactions. I, th- I think, you know, we started kind of like, I'd hear it, obviously I, we, we, uh, we've all heard it, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it wasn't anything I would just go and just cut up, cut on, you know, but once we kind of started, you know, indulging into it and listening to it, I think one that really stood out with country music is the storytelling. Um, especially, you know, we when we start Alan Jackson and listening to the storytelling in country music. And yep. uh, some of it was, you know, even humor. I think there's been a couple where, I mean, they're um, beautiful, beautiful told stories um, from, you know, humorous type of, you know, stories throughout. And, it, and to me, it's I love the art in that, you know, how it's actually been put out for the world to hear it, because I don't know, it, it's one of those things that just kind of keeps your attention throughout the entire song from, from beginning to end. And I love the sound. I love the sultry. I love the blues, you know, um, a lot of the implemented instrumentation type of sounds that are, are put into country music is something that, you know, I, if I'm being honest, like, um, you almost hear a lot of the blues. Like if you really kind of hone in, you hear a lot of that blues flavor in country music. And I feel like people who don't really get into it, that don't really kind of listen to that type of music would never be able to catch that if they don't really, you know, have time to listen, to to take the time to hear what country music is about. And I, and I feel like it's a very well-rounded genre from you know, the things that it's, that's talked about, like I said, it, it, storytelling, the humor, the love, the breakups, the drinking, like it's just mm-hmm. a different roundabout um, genre, different, different sounds. But more than anything, I think the, the, the vocals that are put on top of country music are just something that I just I just love it. I, I don't know what what it is particularly. I can, t- I, can t- I can kind of tell you what it is, because like, you know, again, like Robert, you know, we're from Dallas, Texas, so you know, we kind of like grown up hearing country music around us, you know, pretty much all our lives, not necessarily saying that we always listen to it, but 
I, I think it's kind of like second nature for us because like I said, we've always kind of heard it, you know, just growing up in Texas. Yeah, but there so, are some country artists. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, Carrie Underwood, that's the whole Carrie Underwood song. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, a, on one of our videos before, like just because I love Carrie Underwood. I love listening to her voice. But Chris Stapleton is another one that I just, whew, he just takes me away. <laughs> love, 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 love Chris Stapleton. Do you go to a lot of concert? I mean, I know COVID kind of thrown everybody for a loop for the last <laughs> few years, but do you go to a lot of live music and concerts? Um, Recently we have actually. Yeah, we've been coming um, into it more. Maybe like, uh, it was it wasn't last week it was the week before last but we went to a heart concert and when she came here to dallas no opportunity to, to see her perform live uh you know front row as well we're like six feet away from her so that was a really really good experience being able to see her yeah it's like just like you said in regards to like covid it's kind of it slowed everything down but now with everything opening back up, we, we've actually been venturing out catching shows uh what what else did we did we see uh, we saw Beth Hart. Oh, we didn't get a chance to go to. Um, oh, yeah. Not Eric Clapton, but. Um, I forgot. It uh, was in April. No, yeah. it was in March. I know. I know. I'm. She was here. Gosh, what? now. Now slip your mind. You're going to be so bothered. We get all wait, 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 What's his name? Uh, <laughs> guitarist or. A- no. Um, I just got a brain fog. No, he has a, no, he, he, he plays the piano. He sits down and plays the piano. Oh, Joel, Elton John. Elton John. John. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. We, had a, we, we, we didn't get a chance to see him. Have, have you reacted to funeral for a friend? Love lies bleeding. I think so. funeral for a friend. We haven't done that one. Not funeral, funeral for a friend. I, it might've been suggested to us, but no, we haven't done that one. That is a phenomenal song you've reacted to goodbye yellow brick road and rocket man and tiny dancer benny and the jets yeah but um i will send you the link to um funeral for a friend it's a gorgeous gorgeous song really rocks out at the end but it's beautiful you'll enjoy it Um, he was just here in indianapolis i've seen him a couple of times i didn't go this particular time Um, yeah but as i want to ask you as, as musicians as artists as people who like music beyond just listening to it what sort of special angle does that give you when you're listening to a song for the first time you can you can look on youtube and a lot of it is they have like drum teachers reacting to solos by drummers you know neil Peart for rush is a particularly uh, famous one and so so they're they're pairing what this person's expertise is with a particular musician or artist and what sort of expertise do you bring and how does that help you write not right react to the music you're hearing oh good question you go Um, first well one is like me vocally um i've I've taken vocal vocal like i've had a vocal coach um for you know uh, years actually and um so i really hone in a a lot of the times on like you know the the vibration the the sultriness like the wholesome and you know how people sound over you know different types and in uh over the music. The other part of that is I, I also was in band, <laughs> like growing up, just high school band. And so I, I really kind of get into uh, the instrumentation part of it. So I, I, you know, I'll start 
really breaking down what it is that's, that's being played. What am I listening to? What is that that I'm hearing? Like sometimes, you know, even when it's horns, rather it's violins, you know, so, I, you know, that's, I feel like that's probably more so like my lane. BJ's more into like the, the lyric, the lyricism part of it. He likes to break down a lot of the lyrics. We'll do that together, but I feel like he's like the expert in that because he, he's good at listening like hip hop and rap. And so he catches it when it's quick and I'm like, but I have no idea what they're saying. What, what, you know? So I feel like he's, he's really, you know, brought that part of it to the table, but nonetheless, like I've always been like one to, to feel very much uh, the emotion in music. So, you know, aside from all of those things, I think, you know, one of the things that really pulls me into it is how much of the emotion and the passion of, you know, what I hear is actually put out there, you know, individually from instrument to instrument, from vocal to vocal, the backgrounds, the harmonies. Is, and so it's, there's a lot of intricate pieces of what it is I'm listening to and, and, and things that I actually had to learn to kind of hone in on. And, and I think it's just one of those, I say learn, but I almost feel like it's just a, a natural gravitational type of thing for me because, you know, being in band, that's something that you, we, we've always had to do. You had to listen for other instruments and hear them. So we're not overpowering. It's just a number of things uh, just that kind of fall into that category. But you can say your piece. I know I talked for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good. No. Yeah. Just like Asia said, I think I'm more like into like the lyrics and stuff of, of that nature. Just per that that's always a, you know, a great listener. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's probably like one of the best things. Just somebody who's a great listener that can, you know, that can catch, you know, a lot of the little small intricacies in regards to like the music, but really just understanding like the artist, like understanding the artist and, yeah. and, and their perspective, where they're coming from and the music and really trying to understand why they wrote that song. What, mm. what was the purpose that they wrote this song for? Who are they writing this song for? You know, um, you know, even you know, what was going on in their life when they wrote that song. Like yeah. I, I'm that type of thinker. Like when I hear the music, yeah. like, like I think of, I think of those things. And I think in some of my, and in a lot of our reactions, I say, you know, I wish I could be like a fly on the wall to see how they made that song. Mm -hmm. Just to be able to see like the back, you know, the backstory to, or what the conversation was in the, in, in the room before that song was created. Like those are the things I think of when I'm listening to the music, you know? And I, I want to be the fly on the wall and how they built the band up to make the, make the track. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's well, like that's one of the reasons that the Beatles documentary that came out, you know, a few months ago was so incredibly well-received and beautiful showing behind the scenes, how all this, how these geniuses work together. Mm. yeah and and that's another thing too like with bands like you have so many uh individuals working together and you know just like you said geniuses and and you know a lot of times um you know they call you know geniuses you have to be kind of quirky or kind of yeah awful kind of crazy in your own way so you have like these five geniuses all together keep five geniuses together trying to figure out how to have five together you know that that's, that's another uh, part that people will want to watch on documentaries to see how they actually we'll have to check that coincide out. Yeah. and work. And it was it's and it was directed by the guy uh, Peter Jackson who did all the Lord of the Rings movies. Where where is that documentary? Right? You know, I, I can't remember. I mean, if you looked it up, it's either on Amazon or Netflix or one of those things. I can't I can't remember. Uh, but it's it's in it's a behind the scenes look at something that you never thought you would see. Okay. 
And yeah, we have to You've yeah. reviewed several Beatles songs, and I know that uh, your reactions have been, you know, so positive to what they did. Yeah, having a, having an opportunity to see them back, you know, backstage or behind the scenes. Because I know Asia was even asked, asking that one time. She was asking a video that we. She was like, "Why? Why are they video like that?" And and I think someone <laughs> told. I think, I think someone told us. Uh, in the in the comments, they were like, just as you didn't know, like Beatles, like are like the first ones that really, really liked with the videos and, and the the quirkiness in the videos. And I was like, wow, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I was so shocked by that though, because I was like, they're not looking at the cameras. <laughs> like, they're just like, and I don't, I don't know, make how, it work. Yeah, and I'm sure that is, and we're kind of being innovators <laughs> in music video. They were just trying to give some kind of context in regards to why video. We have a few more minutes with Asia and BJ. They are YouTube superstars with 181,000 subscribers. They react to music and they do it in a fun, funny, and honest way. You can't like all the songs you react to. So how do you handle it when a song just doesn't speak to you? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. <laughs> I know I, me personally. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I always try to find like the silver lining in the music. So even if it's something mm. in regards to like maybe like the beat was off and I just didn't care for the beat and I and I just couldn't stay with the stay with the song because of how the song sounded. Like I try to find other things in the song. Like I, I try to hone in on, you know, again, like I said, just what the song means and and trying to pick the artist's brain just a little bit just to just to see what type of headspace they were in when that song was created. Just to like I said, just try to get, get a, a deeper understanding than just what it sounds like, you know, yeah. try to go past what it sounds like sometimes. And, and, and majority in some of the music, like you said, if it does, does if it just doesn't sound good, I'm trying to find other things like, in regard, well, why did they make the song and, and what does it really mean? Yeah. Um, I, I would, I mean, I would have to agree to that. I do feel like there have been some that that we've done reactions to. I just just said I didn't I didn't really like it. Um but you have for sure, yeah. But even that though, but there's but to it. But even saying that though, I do I do for anything, I just try to be respectful because at the end of the day, you know, I don't I don't obviously don't want to step on anybody's toes in terms of just trying to um, you know, upset them, especially if that's a song that means something to somebody out there. Like you said, those heartfelt songs that mean something that even if it didn't sound good to you, that might be the bonding song between, you know, the last song played for some, you know what Could I mean? Could be their favorite song. That There's they, so many yeah. different things that you have to, you know, put into perspective, especially being on this platform. And um, it's not about, you know, if if I don't like it, I'll say I don't like it, but I will never be you know, disrespectful and saying what I'm trying to, you know, why I don't like it, you know? Yeah. And as long as I try to do that, that's, that's, you know, at least try to be honest about it because you can't like everything. You just can't. Right. right. And, 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 and again, like I said, we, we, we love music because we are music lovers at heart first and foremost, but just, just in regards to like, like you said, like the critiquing, I don't, I don't, I don't see us, see us as music critiques. Like, like we're here to critique it, like to say, if it's, great if it's like the worst song ever or if it's the best song i, right. I think a lot of times for us you said understand the music you know and here yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Right, because you can you can I don't particularly like country music per se. It's not yeah. something that I would listen to, but you can still look at a Vince Gill or an Albert Lee or Ricky Skaggs or you know whomever, right? And go, what an absolutely phenomenal guitar player. Like yeah. you can still you can still enjoy and honor talent, even if you don't necessarily are if you're not necessarily down with that particular piece of music. Right. And and I think that's something that we've that we've kind of discovered on our journey while doing this is like it, it's just that exactly what you said right there. Like, you know, a great guitar player. Oh, you know, the drummer was was really great on this particular song in regards to like the timekeeping and j- just playing the drums and, you know, making you feel it and feel it and feel the emotion. So you know, it's not always it's, it's so many pieces to music of like you know did did you like the tune did it make you dance you know it's, it's so many other you know pieces to it you know that you have to consider to, so to make- let me ask one more question and then we'll we'll end with the same five questions we ask all of our guests here on the leaders and legends podcast we're talking with asia and bj huh. so people like me 54 years old grew up in the, you know, I was born in 67. So let's say I grew up in the seventies and eighties, maybe a little bit of the nineties. All of us think that the music out today sucks. How do you react to that? How do you react to the new music? And is there a new music out there that you enjoy? Because us old timers are always like, you know, eh, back in my day, yeah, music has changed substantially. I feel like it's so much more, you know, synthesized and, you know, you hear all these computed type sounds that are right. kind of implemented into tracks. And it, it takes away from the authenticity, if you, if I'm being honest. Like, I I, I more so, you know, I don't know, because I, I, I can't say I, I don't know where they're where they're going with the, the new age music. I've always been one to, you know, go to the 90s, even some of the 80s, like music. I think that's kind of like where my go-to music of genre, like especially, especially R&B, just because that's just, that's just my thing. But, um, well, let's give it, let's give an example because I, I read this a lot in the comments, not only on, on your channel, but others. And that is, when you review, excuse me, when you react to music from the group Rush, where you have three absolute geniuses at their instruments and playing these amazing, these intricate songs that require so much musicianship. And then you read through comments and the comments are all about, see kids these days, these are called musicians. Those are called instruments. Does that get a little (laughs) old after a while? No, it, it doesn't because again, it's kind of kind of reaffirming what what I've kind of discovered as we listen to to more music and kind of go back, <laughs> right. listening to like the seventies, sixties, fifties. Is that you you you're just getting closer to what original, you know, you're just getting closer to what authentic music was. Like I said, just using, you know, pure instrumentation. Like like and and we talk about it a lot of times in some of our reactions in regards to like the difference in the music. You can hear it. As, oh the, my gosh, as yes. like the decades go on and as yes. the decades progress, it's like you get further, you know, at closer or you get closer to the present from mm-hmm. great Ooh, especially pure, with rock. Yeah, from from the pure music, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and 
I, I said this at the beginning of the, of the interview is like, I wish I had discovered some of this music earlier on in life. Mm-hmm. I, I really, some of this music, I really don't need to, to really be able to listen it, listen to and grasp, you know, at least 20 years ago. Then right. So we ask all of our guests on the Leaders and Legends podcast the same five questions. This is actually kind of fun because we have a couple on today, so we can uh, compare their answers. Asia and BJ, are you ready? We are ready. (laughs) So we want to just do uh, ladies first on all the questions. Okay. Uh What was your what was your first job? Working at Domino's Pizza. I, I was, uh, I was making pizzas. I, I, uh, would, would just go, actually it was right down the street from where I went to high school. So I would leave school after I got out athletics and I would just walk the street. <laughs> Man, there you have it. And, and me, I worked at the Romney group, uh, anybody, you know, grew up where I grew up at. They all know about the Romney group. Um, but it was, it was like getting, and I remember making eight dollars an hour. I remember my first check was five hundred thirteen dollars, and pretty much every check after that bounced. <laughs> every check bounced. Every check bounced. I, I got to have it in cash. I got to have it in cash, sir. Oh my gosh. That's how bad. It, that's how bad it was. Every check bounced. <laughs> the second question: What was your first concert? Uh, my first concert was, I think, gosh, believe it or not, my first concert I ever went to was Destiny's Child. Wasn't it Destiny's Child? Yeah. It was, no, it was Beyonce. Right? Yeah, it was Beyonce. When Beyonce went single. I know that was like, gosh, probably was that? 10 years ago. When she went single? Yeah, she was when we went probably to Beyonce. It probably it? was like fifteen years at least. Maybe fifteen years. Yeah, because she, yeah. yeah, she'd been saying she'd been a solo artist at least fifteen or twenty. Yeah, it wasn't when she first went. Anyway, it was Beyonce. BJ. Well, yeah. Uh, the first concert I went to was a it was a DMX and Rough Riders um, concert when they came to Dallas Reunion Arena. It was when I was. About 17, 16 or 17, somewhere now. I hate to say this. Uh, Asia, my very first job was making pizzas. And <laughs> my very first concert was Van Halen in El Paso when I was stationed uh, out there in the Army. Wow. Oh, you were stationed in El Paso? I was stationed at White Sands Missile Range, which is 50 miles just kind of north of El Paso, Fort Bliss. Yeah. Oh, okay. Number three, if you could suggest any book for someone to read, which book would you recommend? Hmm. Oh, do you have one or you want to, you want me to go ahead? Go. You go, you can go first. I'm trying to, one that I, gosh, books. I'm trying to think like now thinking like currently or just any book that, that I've ever read, like anything. Any book. If you, if I came to you and said, I'm going to go in a beach for a week, I need a book, Asia, give me one. One of my favorites that that I've I've actually read multiple times is it's, a, it's actually it's a book called Night by Eli Wiesel. It's about the Holocaust. Um, oh, yeah. Just something that's kind of intriguing to me. It's one of the things that I 
I've always found interesting. So I've read a lot about the Holocaust. It's kind of a little nerdy, but (laughs) (laughs) BJ BJ talks about me all the time. That's a good Um, one. It's just interesting stuff to read about. It's it's yeah, very intriguing. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom. Absolutely, it is. Uh, A book mentality. A book that I would say that that I would want everybody to read, I, I would I would say I would I would think that everybody should read this book at least once in their lifetime. It's called uh, "Race Is a Myth: uh, The Myth of Race" by Robert Sussman. Sussman, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard of that. Yes, yeah, the times that we're dealing with and and how things are in the world. I just feel like uh, just to just to be able to bring everybody together, mm. bring people together across the so-called race and things of that nature. I just feel like everybody should read that particular book, oh, yeah, that's a good which, one. which candidly is something I was going to say at the end of the podcast, but I'll just say it now. It's, it's one of the things that, that you two do. I mean, if you look, a lot of the people who comment on your reactions, I mean, they're white and they're complimentary and they're happy. And they're like, you know, we're so glad you're listening to this music, you know, and, oh, I grew up on that sort of thing. And one of the reasons why I think that you two do such a good job is, is that you've created a, a, a forum, a marketplace for people to get along because they're coming here to hear what you have to say about some of their favorite music. Just like if they started posting pictures of their kids and everyone started reacting about, oh, how beautiful you are. That's one of the things that I think you guys do as well as anybody. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that, Robert. So much. I appreciate that. Question number four. If you could witness any event in history, be there as it happens, which event would you choose? Oh, I... Yeah. Oh, I, I would say uh, in regards to me and, 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 the time period that I grew up in, I was born in 81 and, you know, my, my, my mother and grandmother and, you know, just that part of the family, they all, you know, had something to do with like, you know, the civil rights movement or or just, or just being in it and and just hearing about it when I was younger and them telling me like the stories, what they kind of had to go through and live through. I would say the civil rights movement, rights movement for me, I will, I will, I will want to be able to live to be able to experience to see what they actually had to experience day to day, like, you know, through their eyes. A common answer to that question is to be able to witness Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. I there you go. I promise you that's what I was going to say. Go. Oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> like, sorry about that. I was going to say that. I was like, that's so cliche for me to say this. I was just like, go, you go first because I'm that i'm like yeah if that's what you like you probably know. to see the nobel priest the the the, the I have nobel a dream. Priest, yeah i have that's a nobel priest the i have a dream speech yeah that, i would that, love you maybe, maybe that's why i said you know growing up in the civil rights so i so i you know so i could have been <laughs> able to witness all that, that whole span of time that is so yeah. crazy he said that <laughs> all right last question if you could have dinner with anyone living today Living today, two hours off the record to discuss whatever you want. Whom would you choose? Anyone that's living. You know, Asia, you can say BJ, and BJ, you can say Asia. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, there's uh, uh, man living though. Yeah. So who who would you want to have dinner with? 
outside of me? I'll just I'll just tell you the most popular answer by far is Barack Obama. You know what? That was like one of the one that kind of got crossed my mind too. Barack crossed my mind, but I wouldn't want to talk to Barack. If if it, if it was anything, I'd want to talk to Michelle. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I take Barack. You know. But you want um, you want to sit with Michelle, though, huh? I would rather sit with Michelle. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, oh man, that's a great question. I know, right? Somebody that's alive right now that I would want to sit and have just at least one person. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Today. I know today. Yeah. Did you already say somebody? I said Michelle. I, you know, he said Brock, but I was like, oh, I take chill. Okay, that's your final answer, mm-hmm. Michelle. Okay, I'm gonna go. With that. Okay. Uh, I, I, no, you know I'd want to gracious. Oof. I'd like to probably like Oprah. So you want to go from Michelle to Oprah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Oprah, and then for me, I would say just just one person that that I could sit and have a a conversation with. I would say Denzel Washington. I like Washington, but I, I you know I love his movies and how he acts and things like that, but. And behind the, the 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 screen and and he just comes across as a gentleman, a gentleman, a, a, a well brought up, well raised, respectful mm-hmm. gentleman. Energy and obviously the things that he will talk about. So so yeah, I would say Denzel Washington for sure. You have been listening to the Leaders and Legends podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. Our guests today have been Asia and BJ. They are a wonderful, wonderful uh, pair of what we call music reactors. Look them up on YouTube. They have 181,000 subscribers. They react to music of all genres. Uh, You want to brighten your day? Watch one of their videos and watch them clearly enjoy each other's presence as we enjoy their presence in our lives. Asia and BJ, it's been obviously a real treat. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. No, Robert, man, we're reaching out to us. This has been great. And invite us to the show. This was, this was good. Absolutely. Great questions. Thank you very much. And I'll be listening. Okay. So will we, Hey, we definitely will be tuning in, tapping in with you as well. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much for listening to Leaders and Legends, brought to you by Veteran Strategies Incorporated. If you want to contact us about this program or our menu of public relations services, please send us an email at robert at veteranstrategies.com. That's robert at veteranstrategies.com. Robert at veteranstrategies.com.